Welcome to Event Experience by Bizabo, the podcast where we bring the best and brightest event experience leaders together to share stories, tips, and lessons learned from creating some of the world's biggest events. I'm Haviva Gordon-Bennett, Senior Editorial Content Manager here at Bizabo. Today, we're hosting a conversation with Devin Cleary and Daphne Erpopnot about the differences between event managers and event experience leaders. Devin is the VP of Global Events here at Bizabo, and Daphne is the founder of The Vendry. In this episode, they'll be discussing the new role of the event experience leader and the skill set needed to thrive in the evolving events environment. Before we jump in, this episode is based on a session that took place during our flagship event, the Event Experience Summit. During the summit, we brought together leading event professionals like Devin and Daphne for a round of mini masterclasses and networking opportunities. If you missed it, or if you want to learn more, we'll leave a link in the show notes so you can check out the sessions and watch them on demand. Devin, Daphne, take it away. Good afternoon and good evening. My name is Devin Cleary, and I'm Vice President of Global Events here at Visibo. I am so excited to discuss today's topic leveling up from event manager to event experience leader. We are in the age of event experience. The past two years has caused us to evolve our skill sets at breakneck pace. I even consider this very comparable to actually riding a bike down a pretty fast paced hill in hyper growth and change. It's kind of like riding that down an unpaved hill at rapid speed. Everything is flashing past you. There are huge bumps along the way and you have to learn as you go. All the while, it's a thrilling ride. And during the constant state of evolution, we've witnessed rapid advancements. This is the era of the experience economy. And the major changes that have impacted us as event professionals, we've seen a huge velocity and advancements around certain technology. We've also seen major shifts and modifications in human behavior, the way that we work, the way that we live, and so much more. But the one constant that constantly comes back to us is that desire to belong and connect through experience, to find like-minded individuals who share similar values, outlooks, ideologies, And guess what? Expectations have never been higher. So many of us as event professionals have had to continuously level up and infuse so much uniqueness and personalization into all the programs in our full portfolio. And I'm sure we can all agree today that we wear many hats as a result of that. We are seeing things as a team where we've had to level up knowing more information and knowledge at, again, that steadfast pace. We've had to understand what an API pushes from one one technology to another. We've had to learn what an RTMP stream is. We've even had to step in and actually lead as a creative producer or executive designer. And all of this to say, we're very limited with the amount of time we can professionally develop ourselves and invest in our teams because we're constantly on the move. We're constantly focused on what the next event is around that corner. So all of this is to say, and, and this is why in the experience economy, 
we are seeing a new breed of event professional emerge. And we call that individual the event experience leader. Now, it is my absolute privilege to invite our special co-speaker today to the main stage. I would like to welcome Daphne Hoppenow, and she is the founder of The Vendry, a globally world-renowned community for event professionals just like you and me. Also, The Vendry is working on some pretty exciting behind-the-scenes projects, from venue sourcing to RFP templates and so much more, which you can actually stay tuned for this fall for more information from her. And we'll make sure to also share some contact information after this presentation so you can follow up and actually connect with the Vendry at your own convenience. So without further ado, Daphne, welcome to the main stage and thank you so much for joining me today. Deb, thank you so much for having me and to the team at Bizabo too. Uh, this is a topic that I feel very passionate about, professional development. As somebody that ran a community of over 20,000 event professionals during a global pandemic, I can tell you that on the dozens, hundreds, I don't know, thousands of phone calls I've had with people in this industry, the main topic was basically their hopes and dreams for their career and their industry and how we would come out of this. Um, and to be standing here on stage talking about this topic at what is an inflection point for this industry is a privilege and I'm excited to dive into it. Amazing. So because we have Daphne's time, I think, and with all of her wide array of knowledge and just observations from speaking to so many marketers and event leaders worldwide, what better way to use this time right now when we talk about the future of this role to really sort of understand some of the major trends that are witnessed in market right now? What are things impacting us that really show how we need to level up and take it to another kind of concept or design with experience. So what I love to do right now is really focus on three major trends, three major trends that Daphne has identified, talk about kind of what those look like, what the impact has been on our industry, and really ways in which we can help all of you at home figure out how to leverage those trends to your advantage, to actually give you a competitive landscape and a competitive sort of up level to everything you're hosting in market and again, take it to that next kind of shape. So without further ado, let's jump into trend number one, distributed teams. Daphne, what has been the impact of distributed teams on our industry? Well, I'm not gonna be the first person to tell you that remote work is here to stay. Um, so even for any of you that are still going into an office, like some of us at the Vendry, uh, it seems that in most, for, for many of the people uh, here with us today, you know, you're working with remote coworkers if you're not remote yourself. And it's an opportunity with this foundational and structural shift to how businesses are being run. This is an opportunity for every department to step back and think about how this affects themselves, their careers and their teams and how, what they can do right now to prepare uh, to succeed in the future. And so there's really two things that I'm calling out here so we can think about how distributed teams affects you, the event professional. Um, and this is coming from, again, dozens of those conversations. There are two things. One is that events teams are distributed. And in a world, in a, in a career in particular, where there is so much institutional knowledge that builds up in your head over years of knowing which private dining room your CEO loves the most, or why you don't use that venue because the elevator is slow, or you know, this and that. And we're used to an infrastructure that allows us to swivel around in our chair and share that with the new teammate. That is no longer the case. And so 
we'll talk a little bit about how teams can set themselves up to work in a distributed fashion. The other thing that has come up on a lot of these calls, always with a bit of an eye roll, is that uh, I would say a lot of event planners in this new world are saying that a lot of unsanctioned events are being planned by people in various markets all over the US, if not the world, um, because employees are taking the initiative to plan gatherings with themselves or their, with, sorry, with their teams or with their customers, maybe not under the purview of the, of the formal events team. And, you know, there is a way that we can lean into this model and not have it overwhelm the resources of the central events teams while still allowing those events team to get involved, make sure those events are on brand um, and support those entrepreneurs. I love that. And, you know, I, f I feel like so many teams can really empathize and connect with exactly what you're sharing right now. You know, we are not only just curating our own specifically hosted programs within our own dedicated events team portfolio, we're now having to really up-level and enable other members of the organization in order to, again, hit the targets, really you know, inflection points on the, the different uh, quarters and, and making all of our business KPIs and, and whatnot, um, and also just kind of helping out with employee engagement and so much more. So with these impacts that we're seeing, I think the biggest question becomes, connecting it back to event experience leaders, what skill sets do we want to provide in terms of advice today to all of those watching on what they should be doubling down on, or if they're going to focus on a professional development skill, what should those be tied to this trend? I'm going to feel a little silly saying this one because this is a skill that most event professionals are known to have through and through. So we're going to talk about some tangible takeaways, but it is true that here I'm leaning into the idea of organization and really net new ways that you can, you can incorporate processes and new methods of organization into your way of documenting knowledge at your, at your company. So, so you're talking about actionable tips. And I, yes. I, am, I am someone who is a big fan of giving real meaty content and not just sort of, again, uh, talking surface level for some of these discussions. So what are two ideas today that we can share with the audience to mobilize them around this trend? Definitely. So the first one would be an idea of a central knowledge base for your team where you can keep track not just of the contracts that you've signed and stuff that you might have traditionally always had in a Dropbox folder, but also of every single touch point you have with every supplier, with every event tech provider, trying to document the reasoning and the logic and the context that you have that you've built up over the years so that when you have a new employee, they can be onboarded in a remote setting. Or, um, and, and, and again, not, not depend on an environment that, that depended on um, you know, swiveling your chair around and, and onboarding them that way. And so investing in this is also an opportunity to uh, show to your boss and show to your organization that you're thinking ahead about the new way work is going to happen. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely uh, plus one, even the resources hub, you know, when we think about sort of how to guides and even your earlier use case around other members of an organization actually planning, whether it's the people's team, whether it's members of product marketing or so many others, it's really critical that we establish a baseline foundation or sort of a level of excellence that is you know, sort of executed across the business. And in order to do that, really as event leaders, I think it's our job to sort of go out and make sure we're creating the right enablement tools, the right trainings, and setting those expectations to maintain that level of consistency across a brand. Definitely, and I've seen a lot more companies starting to put this together as sort of a best practices document to then share with the others in their org that aren't, don't wear the hat of event planner, but are, are planning these team events or customer events on their own. And so a lot of best practices 
stuff that seems intuitive to you, somebody who's maybe been doing this for dozens of years, you know, isn't to others. And so everything from, you know, thinking of putting the, the name uh, card on the plate at a, at a dinner reservation um, are things that you can sort of standardize and disseminate throughout your organization. Awesome. All right, well, that was trend number one, folks. And now we're gonna transition to trend number two. What do you think that is? Light up the chat right now. What do you think is another major trend that you would anticipate us discussing today tied to the connection point of becoming an event experience leader or anything that's impacted our industry at a large scale? All right, think about it, write it. Let's take a look. What is trend number two? That is creating connection. So Daphne, what is this all about? Oh, I'm so excited about this one because it speaks again to uh, professional development in a larger sense and also this new age of what company culture looks like. Um, and so, you know, I really mean it when I say we're coming out of this pandemic with, uh, with an, a potential for event professionals to expand their roles within organizations. Uh, and one of these is the fact that this is true and true for many executives that I talk to. They tell me and CEOs at the top level are saying, I'm taking my real estate budget and I'm sorry to the real estate industry, but I'm putting it into events. Um, and you know, I've heard this over and over again. I remember when Thumbtack, the, the tech company, launched their new sort of mission statement around how their company would work. The headline literally said, virtual first work plus live events. And so we need to think now as this new form of culture comes to exist within companies, how can event professionals take a leadership position in using the skill set that they have to also advocate for the new norm and also frankly take ownership over the new budgets and the new headcounts that are gonna come with this new definition of how companies build culture. Yeah, we've seen so many shifts, you know, even in the last 12 to 24 months where there was massive travel budgets at organizations and, you know, CFOs and many companies are kind of reinvesting that into infrastructure investments or other aspects of the business. So we're kind of still in that fluctuation or sort of recalibration state around a lot of these topics. So depending on the business type, whether, you know, enterprise grade, mid-market level companies, there's a lot of sort of unknown still that's kind of, again, seeping into their organization, which again, event organizers, especially if those are your audience members that you're trying to target, there's going to be some things that have to be adjusted as part of your strategy moving forward. Definitely. And I think so much of the sort of corporate event planning budgets used to be, you know, most of that budget lived under the marketing organization. And so for many of us that have been in this industry for a while, you know, you're used to thinking as a marketer and, and those were, that was the audience you were catering to. This opens up a whole new world. You know, you're seeing more and more chief people officers. And I think that many chief people officers are going to be people that started out as event managers within the organizations. And so it's a new career path. And again, a whole new subject area to own and learn from. So again, with that being said, we have two skills on the, on the, on the slide right now. How are those connected or sort of what, what do you think is, is, is integral in terms of as an event experience leader, this is part of the DNA that we have to sort of embody moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of companies don't know what their new cultures are going to look like. And again, like you saw Airbnb went fully remote, what was it, a week or two ago, yep. where again, a core of that is meeting in person. Axios just mentioned their, you know, big offsite culture yesterday. And so I, I put leadership up here because I think it's an opportunity for event professionals at all levels to step up and offer their ideas, be willing to support everyone up to the CEO level who frankly, like, doesn't know exactly how this is gonna play. 
And so this is your opportunity. You have the skill set to help people define the new normal. And, and with that will come, you know, growth opportunity separate from the marketing realm we used to live in. Yeah. So in terms of maybe some actionable tips for this trend, here are some things we want to share with you at home. Regardless of what level you're at, how long you've been as an event manager or an event coordinator or a director or VP and above in this, organ you know, in this industry, number one is we want to talk about advocacy. So again, Daphne, talk a little bit about the program design and peer support model that you'd like to encourage people to consider moving forward. Definitely. I mean, again, like event professionals, you are the ones with the skill set that are going to be foundational to the future of company culture. And, and I thought of the word advocacy up here because I think it actually speaks to two different things. You are going to be advocates for the company culture, for how your employees develop that affinity for one another with their company brand. A lot of that is going to happen through the events that you produce, virtual, live, hybrid, all that. Uh, and so in some sense, advocacy is something that is in your hands to, to advocate for the company culture. But then there's another thing that's nice about internal events which is that it actually offers you an opportunity to uh, look at your coworkers and help them take a leadership position in speaking at these events, leading these events. You know, it's often that just the executive level gets to stand on a stage like this, practice their, practice their public speaking skills, there you go, um, and, and you know, speak in front of their coworkers as leaders. And with internal events, you get a new opportunity, even as this becomes workshops, skill-based classes, what have you, to take somebody that's junior in the organization and help build them up, position them as a leader on stage at these events, which is part of why I transition off to something that is like a lot more specific. I have to credit Devin with this actually, but tangible things you can do in that sort of peer-to-peer -peer advocacy would be convincing leadership to give budget for professional uh, coaching lessons and, and understanding that internal events are going to offer, offer the opportunity for not seasoned speakers to get up on stage and supporting them and making them feel comfortable in how you produce those events. Yeah, I mean, one thing you said that absolutely resonates with me, and again, give me a thumbs up in the chat. Use that emoji tool and let us know, have you, have you experienced this? When you are trying to vocalize and communicate a strategy across your business for an upcoming event, we need to rally, we need to have alignment meetings, we need to get buy-in from so many of the different stakeholders cross-functionally within our businesses. So again, when we talk about the communication and the leadership aspect of everything you just referenced, it is so important that we sharpen our best tool, which is ourselves, to be influential, to know how to command a room and actually get, you know, have a great time discussing and understanding the needs of all of our stakeholders. So there's these two apps on this recommendation list that are free of charge that can actually help you polish your ability to deliver a thought, a pitch a overview of an upcoming event. And I encourage you to consider this as a great way to further elevate your stature within your own department, company, and industry. So let's dive into trend number three. And this is one of, I think, my favorites and something I think we're all going to be focused on now and even in the near-term and long-term future. And that is new attendee expectations. We talked about this at the on-site of this presentation. Everyone has higher expectations. Entry to barriers are limited. There's more options in market. We have so many invitations we're receiving a day to participate in events. It's only a matter of time that the individuals who truly infuse personalization and uniqueness are the ones that are going to drive the audience numbers. And those things are changing as well. So Daphne, 
Talk about this trend, my favorite. I'm joking because this slide started with heightened attendee expectations, which is true. Uh, but, you know, heightened, new, they're different. The world is definitely different. And it's funny because I'm, I'm incredibly perceptive to how my own attendee expectations have changed now that I'm going to more live events. Uh, and, and yeah, let's talk about a couple of those. But what I want to say is all of this, frankly, I think is going to make the job a lot more interesting. It's a lot more dynamic, a lot more customization, and a lot more thought that can go into uh, the event design, of course, if you get the resources. Uh, so, you know, some, some changes that have happened. I don't believe corporate travel is going to come back to what it was pre-pandemic. I just don't believe it. I used to be on a plane every week for work, and I know I feel that so many of those things that used to be in-person meetings are moving to virtual, thanks to platforms you know, like Visibos that, that make that possible. So you have a scenario where people are going to be traveling less, companies are going to be spending less money on travel, people are used to greater flexibility, and the world is different. People expect more personalization in their attendee experience. And that depends on, obviously, event design that asks the right questions so that you can take that data and design you know, a, an attendee journey that matches that. So with all of these sort of nuances or, again, expectations from audiences, what skills should we really focus on? And, and when we look at ourselves and sort of, again, self-reflect, and that's such an important trait within itself, what are some of these skills you think that we really need to highlight? I think a lot of it comes down to, I mean, I think event professionals have always been creative, but again, it's a bit about documenting that creativity and trying to think about the attendee journey with an extra level of nuance. Um, and being able to advocate for that attendee journey and the creativity that you can and flexibility you can create within it to your peers and, and your managers and try to, uh, try to explain why that's a necessary part of the attendee experience. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about when we think from the, from the travel observation and sort of the statement and headline you just made, what, what impact does that have for organizers right now who are planning major flagship events in top markets. You know, when we think about the New Yorks and the San Francisco's and, you know, Boston and Chicago and so many, and, and Vegas for destinations to travel locally within the U.S. or even outside in the U.K. And, and beyond, how should we think about our strategy in terms of pivoting, in terms of, I know one thing you're very passionate about is meeting customers where they are. So can you talk a little bit about that for a few moments? Definitely. I mean, you know, we see this in our personal lives. So many of our friends that used to all live in the big cities, Devin and I are holdouts, are now moving to secondary markets. They've moved an hour outside of the city. They're only commuting in one or two times a week. And the reality is, I think that that shift has fundamentally changed how event planners are going to reach their audience. And a lot of that is doing more road shows, more, more smaller local events that meet the attendee where they're at. Willingness to travel is gonna be down corporate event budgets are down, and your ability to meet people in person and get to them is either gonna require going to them locally with maybe smaller, more intimate and curated events, or having a real wow factor that gets them to come in. I love that. All right, so let's give you some, some final tips for this trend to hopefully give you some inspiration and allow you to go back to the teams and think about how you can incorporate this. So Daphne, what do we have here? I have to credit Devin with this one. I love it. I kept the title, High ROI Gestures. I think, you know, take a little case here with Visibo. Uh, a couple days ago before the event, I got an email. What are your preferred pronouns? I know it sounds simple. It's a little gesture, but it's even beyond, you know, the pronouns that I choose. It's about the thought that they're thinking of me, my feelings, and they want to just 
bring that level of customization into the way that I, in this case, am presented to the world. And so uh, when we think about customization and attendee experience, I think those little gestures go a very long way and your ability to not just communicate that to your attendees, hey, do you have any dietary preferences? A lot of these might be um, you know, things that, questions that were asked in the past, but they also frankly demonstrate to your superiors and your coworkers that you're in the know on the questions that can be asked and then the impact that that can have on that attendee's event journey. Yeah, so I think it's, it's the takeaway for me is what questions should you be asking and doing sort of a brainstorming session with your teams to understand how you really navigate and jump over that fence from just treating them and classifying them as an attendee or as a professional and really getting to know them as a human and who they are on the inside and what makes them tick and what they're passionate about and what, they, what their preferences are because that is going to help us exponentially again create and curate the most optimal event experience. And the next tip that we have also, and this is something that I, I have seen time and time again, I've been guilty of it myself. We get so excited and with constrained timelines, especially from a virtual landscape, we have to move very, very quickly as an events team. So nine out of 10 times, we don't do proper ideation and really take the time with our teams to get creative. Are we sourcing the right inspiration? Are we whiteboarding? Are we truly giving ourselves the runway to come up with the right ideas that are just going to skyrocket and elevate from the previous event we've hosted. Because again, expectations are higher. So my advice to everyone today is at least build in a minimum of three weeks of planning creative brainstorming time where you're giving the events organizer free reign to get a little crazy, to not think in terms of, well, what's my limited budget? Or how often can I, can I execute this? Or we just did this so often before really give you that time to get inspired and feel something like you've never done and try to, again, repackage it, pr provide a fresh perspective, and again, take it to that next level. Yeah, and I think, you know, one observation I had is it doesn't always, it's not always the expensive thing that matters. You know, Absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes the expensive speakers are the people everyone's already seen a dozen times. And so being able to uh, not limit yourself to uh, just thinking about the biggest, flashiest thing. Absolutely. All right, well, that leads us to our top three trends, the impact in which we have kind of felt as an, as an industry, and also some really critical skill sets that we would employ all of you to consider as part of our advice that when you do have a moment, when you are thinking about taking a course or looking something up online to, to further learn, really make sure that you're thinking in those terms. And we hope that the takeaway today is that you all can see yourselves in a different light and rise to that occasion and be able to use these skills to create more thoughtful, more curated, more personal gatherings for all of your audiences moving forward. And the final takeaway we wanna to give today is Daphne and I have actually, we've been inspired by something. It's called the four E's model. And this is a model you can all learn from. It is a great synopsis and summary of how you can map and journey map your experience for your future events. And it's based on four E's. And what they are, you ask, is the following. It is entertainment, it is education, it is escapism, and it is aesthetics. And you wanna think in these terms, because again, the ultimate spectrums that are connected to this model are turning and converting attendees from attendees into participants. And again, we also wanna think about the immersiveness of those programs, and not every program is created equal. You know, Daphne is a living example of the number of event professionals she's speaking with it really gives her a good sense of the variety and kind of the, the, uh, 
the multiple options that as event organizers and event experience leaders, we can pull from our tool belt to create the perfect portfolio based on the type, the objectives, the goals, and the data we have available to ourselves. So this is a great, again, summary for you to use moving forward. We wanna make sure that you get a copy of this and we'll be sure to distribute this to all the participants and the attendees today. And we just wanna end on a big thank you note. We wanna say thank you for all the work you put into this industry. It has been a true honor and privilege. Daphne, thank you so much for joining us today. I really had such an amazing time speaking with you. And I'd love for you to share maybe some snippets at home of how can people get in touch? What is some information? So please, the floor is yours. You know, we've spent a lot of time building a community where you can really learn from each other and not just have to listen to me. So uh, I'll leave you with this, thevendry.com. If you sign up, it's free. We have a jobs board, we have a newsletter, we have virtual networking groups, and we're hosting our first live event here in Brooklyn next Wednesday. Uh, so if you're interested in an invite, marketing at, at thevendry.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, everyone. It was a pleasure being able to engage. If there's any follow-up questions, feel free to follow us on social media at Bizbo, or you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn at Dev Cleary. But again, have a wonderful rest of your experience at the summit, and we'll see you soon. Have a great one. Thank you. Thank you so much, Devin and Daphne, for joining us on Event Experience. And thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on social, share us with your friends and colleagues, and subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find transcripts of each episode as well as key takeaways on visibo.com slash podcasts. On behalf of our team, thank you. We'll catch you again during the next episode of Event Experience. Event Experience.